Hello and welcome to the Love Unfiltered podcast. Um, I'm Ellie, the founder of Tend, for those of you who don't know, and I help women overcome any self-doubt and heal through all of their past traumas and um, give themselves the confidence in themselves before they jump into their next relationship. This podcast is all about helping you listeners to uncover any answers to your questions and really get a different perspective on love and relationship issues and anything that people have been through. So today I have the lovely Rachel Fenton, uh, Fenton sorry, with me and she is an ex-Love Islander from series two. Um, actually my favourite series. Oh, um, and yeah, she, she's on with us to answer any questions that I have in terms of the celebrity world, coming out of the villa, finding love in the villa and also transitioning from being a nurse to now here life in Dubai. Um, and we've also got a few listeners' dilemmas that we are going to go through. So welcome, Rachel, and thank, thank you so you. much for being here. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited. You are welcome. <laughs> so I'm going to jump straight in mm. with the question of the villa. Yes. And transitioning from being a nurse and going into that world of just being in the villa with just a few people. How was that and how did you handle that? It was crazy mm. like it really was nothing like I expected it to be because yeah. I went onto the show not really knowing much about Love Island mm. not really knowing much about any type of celebrity world yeah. or anything like that and because series two was very new still so the show hadn't really blown up by that point so I did not prepare myself at all from going literally working for the NHS being a nurse just newly moved to London and then I was thrown into this wild life of like celebrity like the partying the love island like the social media like side of things so yeah I was really unprepared for it but it was amazing at the same time I just I, I'm kind of glad that I didn't over prepare for going into love island going into that kind of like lifestyle um in series one and two nobody really I mean by series two most people were watching it but series yeah. one I mean I loved series one too but like then by series three and four you could kind of tell that people were going on it for different reasons yeah for sure did you go on it for to find love? So I kind of did it for the experience more yeah. than I didn't really think that I was going to meet anybody. Mm -hmm. I was like, okay, like this is a TV show. Yeah. Realistically, am I going to find the love of my life on here? Probably yeah. not. Mm -hmm. um, but I definitely didn't go on to become famous. Like I didn't really think that that would happen. Yeah. Because I hadn't because the show hadn't blown up the show no one really knew of it I yeah. my reasons for going on it weren't to like get loads of mm. followers or anything like that it was more just like okay I've been given this opportunity yeah I'm not going to turn it down I'm going to just go for it okay so because you were given it did you apply or did somebody approach you so someone messaged me on Instagram yeah, like okay. you know they have mm -hmm. all of the produce I'm not, I'm not sure if it's producers or just scouts yeah. and then I applied after they suggested it okay yeah. so I had that message and I was like okay I'm gonna apply oh, absolutely. and then I applied and I went through the process mm. which I think is quite different now to what it's like when I went on it I yeah. think the interview process for Love Island now I've heard it's absolutely insane I can imagine the amount of applicants they get yeah. now in comparison to back then yeah for sure crazy so then going into the villa, like how was it trying to find love within the villa? Because you have to really at least try because you need to get coupled up to last on yeah. the show. So how was that? It was weird because you feel very under a microscope there. And you are, yeah. I, especially me, I was quite conscious of mm. what how I was being portrayed. Like I was quite 
Because I was still employed by the NHS. I was given yeah. like a, a an absence, so like an unpaid absence, so mm-hmm. to speak. So I knew I was always going to go back to work yeah. afterwards. So I was always very conscious of how I was being. Mm-hmm. Like I didn't want to swear. I didn't want to like snog too many people on there or just be inappropriate so I think I was definitely holding myself back in some regard Mm -hmm. like not I think just I didn't want to be portrayed as like yep so a girl that was going off and trying to like get with loads of boys so I was Mm -hmm. quite cautious and quite careful Mm. but it was like it was fun like I, I I was because of I think because of that me being conscious about my work I found it harder to like make the connections with the boys in there but then, yeah. yeah, but then I did end up like, going and meeting someone, so. You did. And correct yeah. me if I'm wrong, but this is going through memory. Yeah. He then left the villa for you, didn't yeah. he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was crazy. <laughs> that was crazy. I yeah. remember watching it thinking like, wow. That I know. Like... Yeah, it's the only bit of the show that I've really watched back. Okay. Yeah, because yeah. I didn't really like want to watch the whole bit that I was mm-hmm. on. Because I, I think like everybody always says they're like, oh, I don't like watching it. But yeah. it was like the only segment that I really watched. And I was like, oh my gosh, that was wild. Like yeah. when he left like that, like it was amazing. It was, it yeah. was. And it, it proved to you, I suppose, that you meant more to him than just the show. Yeah. And it doesn't really happen nowadays. Like I don't Absolutely. feel like anyone does it anymore on the shows. On show or off show. Yeah, on show or off show is so true. Yeah, so yeah. I was like, that was amazing. And like, mm. even when after that happened, like on that beach and he like ran off, it was all really yeah. dramatic and all of that stuff. I was like, is this even going to be shown? And they're like, yes, this is like amazing mm. TV. And I was like, yeah. Like and when I watched it, I was like, yeah, this is so cool. Yeah, absolutely. So then coming out of the villa, you're mm. coming into this celebrity world. You've literally been thrown in at the mm. deep end. How was that for you? And what was the time period before you transitioned back into the NHS? So I had, um, when I went off work for Mm -hmm. the show, they gave me, I think it was like, I can't remember how many weeks. I think it was like two months or something like that. Because it's like, they have to give you the entire period that, because if Mm -hmm. I made it to the end of the show, I needed all of that time off. So when I came out the villa, I think I was only in there for like a few weeks. Mm. Um, I had the rest of that time period off work. So I still took it and Mm. I was just kind of doing events, like going out, just like pushing the the social side of it. Um, and then I returned to work, I think, like after that leave had finished. So when, mm. once the show finished, I pretty much went back to work. So it was only two months or something after. And it was Easy. weird. Yeah. Yeah, of course. Like, what was that like going back into? So you've been in the party life. You're yeah. living this celebrity life. You're everybody's like wanting a part of you, mm. paparazzi and all of those things yeah. to then go in. OK, I'm nurse outfit back on. I'm back into work. What was that like? The transition into it, that? It was it was really hard because mm. I'd had no routine for ages. Yeah. Like I was going out, I was partying loads. Mm-hmm. I was drinking a lot because like every event that you go to, there'd always be like champagne, like alcohol around. And yeah, just having like these late nights and I had no routine set. Mm. And I was really craving going back because I yeah. didn't, as much as it was fun and it was like an experience, I really didn't like it that much. Yeah. Like I always felt like this pressure to be going to like every single event that yeah. I was invited to. And I was like, no, I have to, I have to, I have to. Mm. Um, so to actually have that, no, okay, like I'm going back to work now. I'm going to be working these hours. Like I won't have the time. Mm. I was craving it so much. So I was quite happy to go back to work. But the only thing was like, it was very difficult going back and like patients would recognize you and patients would be like, can I have a picture and all this stuff. And I had to be very careful. Like a few of the doctors there were like, no, you you have to stop. Like Mm. you're not allowed to like confidentiality and in hospitals and stuff. It's quite strict. 
Yeah, I didn't even think about yeah. those things. So I was like very much like even what I was posting on my Instagram after that, they were like, you have to be really careful. Like you, sh- mm. you shouldn't you shouldn't tell people which hospital you work at. Like just be very conscious. Mm-hmm. So that was hard just to like relearn like how to, I suppose, like go back to nursing with like having a bit of a profile. Absolutely. And going back to nursing, it's not like a nine to five job. You're yeah. in long extended hours of shifts. You don't know how probably what you're doing on a day to day. So like even just going from no routine to these long hours must have been so, so difficult. Yeah, it was weird. Mm. And But I, like, I was used to it though, because yeah. I was like, I think when you work in the NHS, you get, mm. you get so used to doing the long hours. Yeah. And I would do extra hours on top just to like, because the pay when I was like newly started nursing, my pay was shocking. Yeah. So you'd always work like these extra, they're called like bank shifts mm-hmm. and you'd work the extra hours. So you'd end up doing these weeks, which was like insane amount of hours. So I was kind of used to it and I was mm. like prepared for it. It was more just like, because I remember there were like brands and stuff that would want me to post for Instagram stuff. And I would genuinely bring these dresses. I'd Mm -hmm. put them on in my lunch break, go outside (laughs) the hospital, get my like friend to take photos of me in these dresses, like pretending I was like out and about shopping or whatever. Then run back to the, like to theatre where I was working. And I was like, I just can't, this is just so unsustainable. Absolutely. It was really difficult. Like that part of it, like trying to balance both was hard. And I can imagine even like the monetary value. So like mm. obviously you'll be doing a 13 hour shift and then for a one mm. brand post, especially back then, yeah. you would have surely got a lot more just for the brand yeah, post. Yeah, yeah, 100%. And like, that's mm. why I had to keep doing mm. it because I was like, this is it. Like the amount of money that I was getting for the post was mm. just like incomparable to the yeah. to the money I was getting making, mm-hmm. like being a nurse. And I, it was, I was very junior even mm-hmm. that, at that point. I think I'd only been nursing for a few years. So like my pay was rubbish. So yeah, I wanted to carry on doing the post, but mm-hmm. I, the content I was getting was rubbish because mm-hmm. I couldn't genuinely like fit in time to going. Yeah. Like girls now, like you see these influencers, they go out and they have everything set up for the perfect post, like mm-hmm. all of the stuff. And I was just literally winging it. And not creating great content for it, to be honest. (laughs) But did you feel some amount of pressure in terms of how you were perceived in the public eye in terms of body image or any form of like, of course you're you're a nurse and Mm. you're working these 13 hour shifts. What if you were to come out of the hospital and paparazzi were to catch you off guard? Did you ever feel that pressure that even during your working hours, I need to look a certain way? Um, in a way, I think when people were recognizing me, mm. I'd always feel like, oh, like, I don't know, I'd, I'd want to keep up appearances in terms yeah. of like how I looked. Mm. Um, I remember when me and Rykard, when we came off the show, we went on, we, we were, I think it was like a paid brand trip or something yeah. we went on. And it was in Greece. And there were paparazzi pictures of me that came out a couple of days after. I had no idea they were there. Mm. We were just on the beach. And I saw it in a magazine and everybody was like, is she pregnant? Is she pregnant? Because they were, I was like, it was, it was really unflattering, horrible photos to be honest yeah. with you. And I was just there like in my bikini with him, like not posing, nothing mm. like that. And they caught like awful angles, which like whatever. But um, yeah, it was, everybody was like, she's pregnant, she's pregnant. I was like, I'm not pregnant. Like, Cause they were mm. saying I was fat and I'd put on weight cause yeah. obviously I was going out a lot. And you know, I didn't feel self-conscious. I was in a relationship. I was absolutely fine. But then yeah. these 
like comments mm. it was the first time I'd really had like negativity towards me afterwards yeah because I had quite positive press after the show like I didn't yeah. really get much hate which was mm. nice but it was the first like point where people were saying like nasty things yeah and like after that I really became conscious and I was really mm. yeah and I it really affected me mm. because it was like it's all the daily mail comments and you shouldn't read them but I was yeah. and then I was that's when I was like I have to go on a diet I feel like this and I released a statement a couple of days later being like not pregnant I was on the beach with my boyfriend mm. at the time like just relax like don't make these comments about me so that was that was hard yeah and it is it is such a tough world to be in especially mm. when I would say series two is when it started to blow up a bit yeah more. so like you were all thrown into that yeah limelight. and of course when you're laying on the beach you're gonna get bad angles yeah like, any like, even the tiniest person like you're yeah. going to so it is, it must have been really, really tough. Um, how did you then handle those comments and be like, right, I'm going to try and ignore them? Or did you then go on this journey of, I need to, like you said, go, like, on, a diet, go on a diet? Do mm. I need to change the way that I look? Do I need to, I don't know, fall into that trap of surgery or mm. Botox and fillers? I know that I've read an mm. article of you saying you became addicted to that, but... Was it because of that, that was that the pinnacle moment for you or? It was definitely a turning point mm. because I'd never really experienced it before. It's the first time I'd ever really been yeah. sort of like, you go out and you get paparazzi shots when you're going to an event mm. or you're glam, you know, but mm. actually having these like photos taken when I was unaware somebody was there, it, re mm. I, it made me feel very weird. Yep. And that di it did spark something in me where I thought okay like now do I feel like I can't relax like when I'm out mm. in a public space like do I feel like people are going to come and try and take more unflattering photos mm. um I didn't really then go on any crazy crash diet I mean yeah. I did before I went on the show but okay. then afterwards I wasn't really I became more health conscious I was like okay mm. I know that I'm out partying a lot I know that I'm working and mm. trying to balance this life with like the love mm. island side um, so I became more healthy, just went to the gym more. So I didn't, mm. I, I never, I've never really wanted to surgically change my body. So I never was mm. like, obviously I had offers from people like mm. in Turkey, like the, the companies yeah. that they reach out to you and they're like, you can come and you can have this done mm. and it's free, which is like obviously tempting, especially when you're young. I was only yeah. 23 and, yeah. um, yeah, I didn't look, I didn't go down that road, mm. which I'm really happy about now, obviously, but definitely the fillers and the Botox, I was offered free fillers all the mm. time, free Botox all the time. And I'd just go, I'd go mm. to every single different clinic that offered me and I'd yeah. get more and more and more. And it got to a point where I was like, only last year was when I like, dissolved my lip fillers and yeah, I'm so happy I did it because really, yeah. I just, yeah, built up just like constant and it's, it is addictive. Yep. Even my friends were like, you don't need any more filler. Like, look at your yeah. lips. They're mm -hmm. huge. Um, and I just didn't see it. I was like, no, they're small, they're small and wanted more and more and more. And because it's free, it's like so addictive. You're just of like, course. okay, I'll just go and do it. Yeah. And is that because you were maybe comparing yourself to others around you or people that were on the show as well or just because you're now in this different world? Yeah, I think yeah. it's. I think you see all these beautiful people mm. around you all the time. You're going to these events, there are celebrities there and you're like, I need to make sure that I look a certain way yeah. to fit in. And because I wasn't from that world, like my background was just nursing. Like I was a nurse and yeah. I'd never really been around that celebrity, mm. that glamorous life. Like obviously yeah. I liked getting glam going out with my friends, but it's completely different. Mm -hmm. So I think it's just like, it is pressure at the end of the day. 
Absolutely. And I think it would be very difficult unless you were, you'd grown up in that world. Mm. It's very difficult to then be thrown in and not fall into the comparison trap. Yeah. I mean, all of us do anyway through social media and just watching things like Love Island yeah. because there is a certain type of women that go on there, yeah. especially in the beginning, the first yeah. few series. It was you. So then you're looking at yourself and you're thinking, why don't I look like that? Yeah. And not knowing that you guys have probably gone on these crash yeah. diets to get yourself into that. <laughs> so true. It is just a society thing where we fall into it. And my clients, like they're always coming to me and saying, and they feel insecure in themselves mm. because of that. Do you feel like there could be something that celebrities and influencers can be doing to prevent your standard society girls from wanting to be like that or falling into that trap or wondering why they don't look like that? I think it's getting a lot better now. I yeah. think there's a lot of celebrities now that are like putting things on yeah. um, like without filters, without makeup, mm -hmm. like showing the other side mm -hmm. and being like very open about how they feel in terms yeah. of the pressures as well. Mm. Um, back in the day, like 2016, when I was on the show, definitely wasn't like that. Mm -hmm. And I do think everyone can be doing more, for yeah. sure, like now, and just mm. being more open and being more honest and putting mm. more real, like realistic photos mm. on, like no makeup. Like It's yeah. quite a difficult thing to do, don't get me wrong, because it's scary and you're putting yourself mm -hmm. out there to for people to judge mm -hmm. you, especially if you've got a lot of followers on Instagram yeah. and you're, you're posting these photos, mm -hmm. you know. Um, but it, I think even for me, when I see celebrities doing that, I'm like, oh, that's so nice to see. Um, just like the real side, like, you know, yeah. you know, even those ones where women post like posed versus unposed yeah. and you can really see the difference <laughs> and like, it's nice. It is nice. It really is. But then when you've gone through what you went through back at the young age of 23, mm. where you're on the beach and having those, it's really then difficult to then think, right, I'm going to show my natural side when yeah. you've got basically trolled yeah. for doing that before so it is tough and even for my, myself like even I if I'm posting a reel I'm not going to go on there with no makeup on yeah. for it to go right I'll go on my story but in, it really is tough to make that because you don't know how viral it's going to yeah go. so true and it's, it's scary like, it is scary because you're just it's also like you're kind of showing your true self. Like mm -hmm. if you could, if you can just post like pictures of yourself looking nice and you know you do, that's kind of like, it's fine because it's not the real me. Well, yeah. it is still you obviously, but mm -hmm. it's not like you don't open yourself up for that judgment Yeah, and you're kind of keeping a bit of yourself back and you're mm -hmm. like protecting it. Yeah, That's how I felt anyway. Mm -hmm. And I'm like a perfectionist and about okay. things mm -hmm. that go up there and like, mm -hmm. I don't really like to show too much. Yeah. So it is quite, it's intimidating for people mm -hmm. to you know, like you said, like post things without makeup on because yeah. you don't necessarily want to give that part of you. Exactly. And it is, I suppose, like you say, nice to keep it private. And when you said just there, just touching on mm. that you don't like to post too much, what is your decision behind that? Because obviously we have so many influencers that post their entire life. Mm. And then we have people like yourself who just post what they want people to see. Mm. What's your decision process behind that? I think um, at the beginning, when mm. I first came off the show, I was always pressured to post so yeah. much and like to show what I was doing all the time mm. and where I was and like the management that I had were like, you need to up what you're posting mm -hmm. and you need to show people more. Yeah. And I just didn't like it. Mm. I didn't want to do that. Yeah. Like I, I don't want to be like at a dinner and like constantly posting everything in because yeah. people are just glued to their phones. And exactly. I just, I wanted to be able to live my life and enjoy it. Yeah. And especially now I just feel like as I'm getting older, I'm 31 now. Yeah. 
I'm just enjoying trying to be present in the moment and like mm. just take a step back from that like life of social media and Instagram and yeah. you know I, I'll go like a month sometimes without posting anything just because mm. I don't I don't know I don't really know what to post like I'd yeah. I'd post like a pictures of like my dog or like things like that but I like to be in control of yep. what people see rather than being and it's more just a privacy thing like I quite mm. like keeping some things to myself yeah and I think it's nice for you to be able to be at that position to do that and feel yeah. comfortable with doing that and really basically what you're saying is you've taken that pressure of the celebrity life off of yourself mm. from the age of 23 to the 31 mm. you're now in a different headspace yeah um and it's not my life anymore like I don't yeah. like I'm not like an influencer mm -hmm. in terms of like that's my main source of income yeah. anymore mm -hmm. I, if it was then I probably would be a lot more mm open about things if I was making a lot of money from doing it yeah. then yeah it's, it's kind of different and I get why people you know mm. there's other influencers out there who are making so much money from Absolutely. showing their whole life yeah. and they have to be quite on it mm. whereas I you know I'm still working as a nurse and I'm still doing that like that's my side of things now yeah so yeah I think that's that's kind of why absolutely and I think fair fair play to the influencers that are mm. making thousands and thousands and mm. hundreds of thousands of pounds there is absolutely nothing wrong with it yeah but it is, it's a pressure. Yeah. And the moment you take your foot off the board, I know. your engagement goes. I know. That's so, what's, and it's just yeah. like that constant thing of like, I don't want to have that feeling anymore of like, mm. okay, like checking all my insights, checking this and becoming upset. Yeah. Cause it's, I think people come like so obsessed with it. Oh God, yeah. And yeah, I just wanted to move away from that and like just show what I want to show and then keep back yep. what I want to keep back. Love that. Now diving into going into a public heartbreak see mm. heartbreak is one of the hardest things that somebody can go through so anyway yeah let alone when you've got the whole world or half the world at least mm. watching yeah how did you handle that and what was going through your mind at the time it was so stressful honestly mm. like heartbreak is awful and I'm not yeah. a good person like when mm. I go through a breakup I'm terrible okay mm -hmm. like I find it really really difficult and I hate change like I hate kind of like moving away from something that I'm comfortable in yeah and then so when me and Michael broke up it was yeah it was hard mm -hmm. because you have so many comments on Twitter on Instagram so many direct messages all the time asking what's happened give more information like mm. tell your story blah 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 and I think I just wanted to forget about it I wanted to process what yeah. was going on process the breakup I moved out, I moved to a di completely different, like moved to London, I was living in Kent, moved to London, mm -hmm. I was living on my own, just like with no one really mm -hmm. around me, like my family weren't there, I had friends, but it wasn't, I don't know, because I'd been in this life of like going out all the time mm -hmm. and like the Love Island scene, Yeah, I'd kind of drifted apart from my friends, so I'd kind mm -hmm. of like, I was on my own really, I felt very isolated, Yeah, mm -hmm. and even though so many people are asking you, you still feel very lonely, mm -hmm. um, so that was really hard. And I remember I was like with my parents and I was like, I'm going to have to announce that we've broken up. Yeah. And which is so sad really to have mm. to like put a public thing out there to say that we're not together anymore. But I was like, mm. I just feel like I owe it to people, which yeah. like I didn't really, like I didn't really have to do anything. And I did, I, I put it on Twitter and then, and that's when it was just like so many comments, so much like, I got a lot of hate for the message I put. I think I, everyone was like, it sounds like you're wishing him well in terms of like, you know how like football managers like leave oh, a footballer sorry. or something like that. And I was like, oh, just leave me alone. Like mm. whatever. So yeah, I got like loads of people on Twitter saying stuff and yeah, it was just hard. Like I was, I was processing something and trying to get through it and you get so many different comments from people. Yeah. 
and you don't want to hear it. You just kind of want to like hide yeah. away. Yeah, exactly. Like when you are going through a breakup, you do just need that time to process your own thoughts, mm. let alone having everybody else's opinions that you don't even know. Yeah. And it's never always going to be positive. No. And you're always, especially in the limelight, you're all, most of it, people will go out their way to be negative rather yeah. than be positive. But you can't help but, especially again, you were still so young mm. to take on those comments as if they were real and again, it could have an effect on your self-esteem and yeah, on your confidence. For sure. Do you feel like it did? I think so in a way, mm. because I was like second guessing myself. I was like, mm. oh, is it the right thing? Like, should I have left him? Like, yeah. maybe I should go back. Like mm. all of those things that go through your head. And I was just navigating something like that because you're so impressionable as well. Like in your yeah. early 20s, I was anyway. Um, you do read comments and you it makes your head like spiral. Cause like, mm -hmm. even going through a normal breakup without yeah. any of that pressure is hard. Mm -hmm. And you always second guess yourself. Absolutely. So mm -hmm. doing that with a million people, like making comments about, mm -hmm. oh, it's the wrong thing. It was the right thing. And I just, I think I, at one point I just deleted it. I think yeah. I deleted Twitter and I was like, I'm not going to read anymore. You have to be really strong. Even though it's addictive, you're like yeah. constantly like, okay, I'm going to read this. I'm going to read that. Um, but in terms of my self-esteem, yeah, I was second-guessing myself all the time. And I was I was like, oh, don't, I'm, not gonna, I'm never going to meet anybody. I'm never yeah. going to find anyone. Mm -hmm. Like, the classic. Um, so, yeah, for sure it did. And that is such a classic. Because mm. then, so even if you had, like, and you start to think of the good memories. Yeah. So that's when you start to second-guess yourself. And then you're like, right, okay. And then you fall into that, well, that's it now. I'm never going to find anyone. So shall I go back? Mm. Did you ever go back or was there a period where like you would see him? Because you were, again, stay, still in that yeah. same world. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Mm. Yeah. We were like, we definitely had a bit of back and forth like, yeah. after we broke up. I think like everyone does. Don't yeah. They? It's one of those things. But um, yeah, we did for a bit. And mm. then, yeah. And then after a while, we were just like, it wasn't long. I think it was like a few months. Yeah. And then after that, we were just like, no, we need to separate. Yeah. Um, yeah and then I ended up meeting someone else quite quickly after. Mm -hmm. But yeah, I, I don't know. I, I think, yeah, it was just, it wasn't the right person. It was like, you felt a pressure to stay together, I think as well. Yeah. Like even before like we broke up, like I think the relationship had actually ended like a lot longer yeah. before. Like, mm -hmm. you know how girls always yeah, say exactly. it. Like we, we know like when, it, when it's kind of the right time yeah. to go, but it always ends up being extended for a, mm -hmm. a period of time. Um, but I think because of the public and the pressure and the, the fact we were on mm -hmm. the show and we kind of came as a couple. Yeah. Um, that definitely kept us together longer than we should have been. Mm -hmm. It is funny how women, and I think it's mainly women that do this. Men, I don't know, you can correct me if I'm wrong. Mm. But mainly women, we do, we've made the decision in our mind, yeah. but it just, we just need to make sure it's correct. Yeah. So we keep going in this relationship that we don't want to be in or situationship, whatever it mm. is, just for the pure fact of, one, I don't know, we're too scared to say. Yeah, I think it is. Yeah. And for me, like, I think it's the change. I was like, yeah. I don't want... Yeah, but then it's... You just... I feel like we just know. Like, we know a lot sooner than it. We do. Than it. The boys do. <laughs> for sure. But that stops us from going back as much, I think. Yeah. Whereas a man will always reach back out at some point. Whereas so I true. think because we've made that decision, even if they reach back out, we're like, actually, no, because... Mm. It's done. It's done. Like yeah. in my head, it was done months ago. But yeah. You just found out about it now. Yeah. yeah so true. <laughs> so true. It's quite mm. handy, really. Because then you kind mm. of end up processing, I think, still whilst you're like, when I, I did anyway, when I was mm. still with him, I was still, I was kind of like, right, okay, like building up to it, building up to yeah. it. And you, do, you end up processing it almost a little bit before you end up breaking up. Yeah, absolutely. 
So sorry, guys, we're letting you in on our, our secrets yeah. inside the man's world, uh, yeah. woman's world, but it is true. Mm. Now, you've just mentioned there that you don't like change. Mm. So here we are sitting in Dubai. Yes. So that must have been a big change from moving from... Did you move from London to here? Yeah, I moved okay. from London to here. And I'd only visited Dubai once before I actually okay. moved out. So yeah. I wasn't that familiar mm -hmm. with Dubai in, in general. But... Um, yeah, it's the best thing I ever did. I love it. Yeah. Mm. And was that a hard change for you? Because, again, there's a lot, a lot of, maybe back at, at home, you were having a lot more brand deals and things like that. And then coming out here, as much as it does happen here, it's not as regular mm. or, um, because there's obviously a few limited brands actually here in the Middle East, but a lot of, I know that it gets sent to you, but like that world change mm. from the spotlight to Dubai how was that for you um yeah it was fine mm. I didn't think too much into it like when yeah. I moved over here it wasn't kind of thinking about stuff like that as much as I still like I still have a management I mm -hmm. still get certain things yeah um like with certain brand deals etc um it was it was slowing down because mm. like, my focus was on work and like mm. nursing and stuff like that so I, I wasn't really pushing for anything yeah in terms of big deals and mm. and other bits so it wasn't at the top of my priority list in terms mm. of okay this is why I'm going to stop myself from moving to Dubai because mm. of it mm. um but yeah like I'm still getting a few things I'm mm. still doing a few like posts here and yeah. there but nothing crazy but I don't mind it honestly no. mm. I'm I'm really happy here mm. and um yeah it was scary like the change was scary for yeah. sure and if I, because I didn't really work at the first, the first six months I moved here, I wasn't working as a nurse. So I was kind of thinking, oh, maybe I should like push my Instagram a yeah, bit more, exactly. try and like mm -hmm. open it up again. Mm -hmm. But then being in Dubai, it was harder. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, I love it. I love Dubai. Yeah, it is a very nice life. Yeah. <laughs> and now obviously you are in, uh, back into nursing and into skincare. Mm. And do you feel like life has become now just your own life? You don't feel that pressure to entertain your followers anymore or I don't know be in that limelight like you can live life mm. here a little, little bit more privately yeah and peacefully like mm. it's I think in London like when I was single so I had a period of being single for about I want to say like six to nine months maybe yeah maybe a bit longer mm -hmm. um and I was going out in London a lot and I was tagging restaurants that I was at and then yep. I'd have paps come down take photos of me mm. outside these restaurants yeah. and it seemed like they were doing it all the time. Like there was a period where it kept happening like once a week and mm. they would take photos of me just talking to random men in smoking areas and oh. they would be like, oh, the new... And it was like a constant thing. It would be like a new man every week. And I was like, this, these aren't my like flings <laughs> or my like boyfriends. And that was like, I felt that very intrusive. Mm. So moving to Dubai, like here, the rules are very different. You can't yeah. take pictures of anyone. Like there's mm. no like paps, anything like that. It's very, very different. So in that work, like I feel very... I feel like here is very private. Like yeah. you can live very peacefully. Mm -hmm. You don't worry about things like that happening. I'm not saying that like perhaps were following me down the street all the time no, or anything like that. But mm -hmm. it was it. There was a period where that was happening quite often, and yeah. it really started to like get on my nerves. So, mm. um, in terms of that, it's really nice to be here and like yeah. have that privacy. That absolutely must have been so draining, and it is true. I actually forget that you cannot take pictures here. Yeah, there is so many rules. And it is such, that's a nice place. And the thing is here, there is different celebrities that live here, lots of different influences. So if there was paps everywhere, and we have, it's such a small place really, and everybody mm. goes to the same restaurants, I mean, as much as there's hundreds. But if you, 
this the same type of restaurants you it would be crazy for everyone yeah 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 i didn't think about that but it is it's, it's nice. quite yeah it's nice mm, and nice uh, yeah protected. yeah yeah and mm. like even when i go back to england now i don't really i don't feel i feel more nervous going to london and like i'm just a bit more like paranoid about don't know i just i think dubai is a bit of a bubble that's the only mm. negative i'd say because when i go yes. home i get a bit i just feel more paranoid a bit more on edge mm-hmm. um not so much because of like paparazzi or anything like that but just London's get, like scary, scary. now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't like no, it. No, I, I agree. And I think <laughs> it's terrible to say, but here, like, I could walk, we, we could walk down the street three o'clock in the morning and not yeah. even bat an eyelid. Like, I walk through Dubai Hills, I'm telling people where I live yeah. now, I walk through the park. <laughs> yeah. Um, at least like at 10 o'clock at night if I want, if I just want to clear my mind. I don't care. I have yeah. no phone. I have so nothing. Safe. I feel so safe. So yeah, it is a bit of a bubble, but it's a nice it's a nice bubble. So true. Um, but yeah, I love the bubble. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> Wouldn't change it. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm going to go on to mm. listeners' dilemmas. Okay. So I've got three dilemmas that we just need to. I just want your perspective on it. I'll give my perspective on it, and it's just really to help the listeners because I'm sure a lot of people are going through the same things. Mm. Um, understand different perspectives on it and what they think we should do. So apologies for getting my phone out, but they're on here. So the first one is, I've been with my boyfriend for about a year now and I've caught him messaging a girl on Instagram. She was sending him photos and I've called him out on it at the time and we've squashed it, but ever since then I feel uneasy. What do I do and would you class this as cheating? Oh no, I don't think that's good no. at all. I mean, for me, yeah, that's cheating, especially messages like mm. photos, if they're like like explicit photos, things like this. Yeah. That's yeah. just a straight up no. And I, yeah, I feel like the tr- like trust is so important. You Absolutely. have to be able to trust him. If you can't trust him moving forward, it's going to be a nightmare. Exactly. And I think, I mean, obviously it depends on the messages and yeah. it depends on the content of the photos. It depends who the girl is. Is it a friend? Yeah. But still, the fact that you're even doubting it and you're yeah. feeling uneasy, I think you don't trust them anyway. Yeah. So if this is a th- the first thing and it's a friend and you don't trust them, then maybe it's something that you look within and say, right, do I need to work on my trust issues? Mm. But the fact that you're asking if it's cheating... I mean, for me, I wouldn't want my boyfriend to do it. No, like, for same. me, that's cheating. Yeah, that's a sackable offence. Absolutely. <laughs> like, I just think you need to have a level of respect. And if you let him get away with it, this one's yeah, easy. Yeah, oh, for sure. Yeah. And he continues. Yeah, it's, you can't. You can't. And also, it's going to make you so paranoid. Like, you're exactly. going to want to go down his phone again. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry. Like, if yep. you've seen that happen once, there's no way you would be able to like see his phone on the side and not want to pick it up and, look, and look again. Yeah. And that's just like, it's it will get unhealthy, mm-hmm. you know? No, I agree completely. So for me, I would say sackable offence. If offense. you want to give one more chance, you give one more and that's it. If you yeah. see it again, absolutely, he not. doesn't care for you as much as you want. Yeah, for sure. Okay, next dilemma is I'm in a relationship and very happy, but our sex life is non-existent. It makes me feel it's so insecure and I wonder, does he fancy me anymore? I can see myself with him for life, but my insecurities are really getting the better of me. And I'm not being funny, but a girl has needs. Is it a me problem? Should I end it? Help. Mm. I don't think it's a her problem. I think um, this is something, it depends how long you've been together as well. Does it say how long they've been in a relationship? No. Um, 
but it, there's ways of like getting the spark back. I think sometimes mm -hmm. it's about like making things interesting, making yeah. things fun again. Mm -hmm. um, and I know it shouldn't all be like on her to, yeah. to do it. It's like, mm -hmm. uh, it's both of their responsibilities in a way mm -hmm. to keep the spark alive, to keep their sex life going strong. Um, but maybe talking to him about it, maybe yeah. like speaking, being quite open and honest. I actually did think? see a statistic that said in 2018, this was, so imagine what it is in 2023, but in 2018, 30% of under 30, no, of people in their 30s were in sexless relationships. What? It shocked me. I was like, under, uh, in, in, under their, th in their 30s, oh, so right. people that are in their 30s are in sex, 33%, and don't quote me, but I'm sure it's <laughs> around that That's uh, really high. And it's really high. And it's like, why? It's, I was questioning why. So... If that gives you peace of mind as well, like to say that it's not just you, but of course it is going to make you feel insecure mm. and you are going to doubt yourself. Like we're so taught that men want to rip our clothes mm. off and it's all the men should be sexually in interested and invested. Mm. And I actually think it's not. No. I think speaking to my clients and people that I, my friends, like I think women have a higher sex drive than yeah. men in a lot of ways. And it's okay. Like, it's okay mm. to want to have sex with your partner. Like, don't Absolutely. feel bad about it. I think mm. it's really healthy. It's something that you should definitely try and, like, keep alive. Mm -hmm. But also, don't feel bad about it. I think if you're not having sex as often, like, I don't think, you know, life happens sometimes. Like, stresses of mm. work, like, children, you know, there's so, yeah. there's so many different factors. Mm. But um, I think a nice, like, an open, honest conversation would do wonders. Yeah. Also, just doing something a bit spicy, maybe one yeah, night. Yeah, exactly. Like, spice it up. <laughs> spice it up. And if you're, uh, if you have had the conversation and it's not making the change, you need to then re like consider for yourself: Is this what I want for mm. the rest of my life? And you do have to be open. You do have to have deep chats, and not just one, but multiple. Um, but you need to really figure out for yourself if you're. You, what the worst thing that could happen is if it really damages your self-esteem to no return. Mm. Because then if it doesn't work out, you're going to bring that into any... Yeah. Into your lifestyle, really. Yeah. So really have and that open conversation, I think. Yeah, is, for sure. For sure. And you're right, life factors get in the way. But spice it up. Spice it up. <laughs> <laughs> okay, third and final dilemma is, I have broken up with my boyfriend about six months ago, but he, reached, he reaches out every so often. We meet up, we have sex, and then we don't speak again. It hurts me, but I still want him to want me. What shall I do? How can I say no next time? Or is it okay to just keep doing this because I have no one else on the go? Oh, oh it's so hard, isn't it? Yes. It's so hard. I mean, like, my advice would genuinely be to... If you can continue doing this without any feelings involved yep. and it's purely just to have sex with him and you mm -hmm. can shut down like any other emotional attachment, then yep. I think there's no harm. Mm -hmm. But if you're feeling bad after seeing him or you know like you're still attached to him in terms of like an emotional connection and you're missing him then you just need to stop it's easier said than done though it really is easier said than done but like she says there that she's it hurts her yeah and that is the most important thing it's hurting her so I just think as much as no contact is the hardest thing that you can do mm. it's the best thing that you can do for yourself and i know that you want him to want you but if he doesn't want you in terms of a relationship yeah why are you wasting your time yeah for sure you might not have anyone else on the go but my saying is you're if you're connected energetically to mm. someone and keep going back you're you're actually cutting yourself off One from million percent. meeting someone yeah so if you really want a relationship and you want to meet someone i think you're doing yourself a disservice by keep going back and hurting yourself yeah 
And he's basically getting his cake and eating it. Yeah. And, and that's the worst thing. Yeah, you don't want to do that. No. I think it's, I think no contact, like you said, I think mm. that is the best way. Mm. It's really hard, but mm. it's the best thing you can do. Yeah. I remember when I broke up with my ex, he, I wrote a list on my notes on my phone of all of the things I didn't like about him. And every time yeah. I'd think about him, I'd get it up and I'd read it. And it yeah. helped me so much. Mm. But every time I wanted to message him, I'd write, read the list, read the list. But no contact's yeah. the best way. I do think like going cold turkey. It is. It's the yeah, hardest thing. It's so hard though. But it is the best thing. And mm. having a list is amazing. Yeah. Thing. It's so absolutely. good. It worked wonders. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Because you get so f sucked into the good things. Yeah. That you actually do forget the bad, especially when you're going through the emotions of it. Yeah. And um, you romanticize everything. everything. And you yeah. think they're the, you know, the best thing in the world. Mm -hmm. And it's so far from that usually. It is. And I think with women, especially women, we fall in love with the future that we planned for oh ourselves. Oh my gosh, with that yeah. Person. So when that future's taken away from us it's like oh my god I'm never going to meet someone yeah. but also I'm never going to meet someone like that person because then you focus in again romanticizing all the good parts so yeah very good so yeah tip having the, <laughs> the list that is a good tip so Rachel we're coming to the end of the podcast yeah. and thank you so much for being a guest where can people find you um, yeah, so I've got two Instagrams now. I've got my personal one, which is at Rachel Fenton One, and then my new um, skincare page yep. from Dubai is Refresh with, and then I think a dot Rachel. <laughs> well, I'll keep them both in the show notes Thank anyway. You. So, ladies, if you're coming to Dubai, book in with Rachel yes. for her free skincare <laughs> needs, or if you're based here, Um And for myself, if you want to book in for one-to-one -one coaching and heal through any past traumas and rebuild your self-esteem, then you have my everything will be in the show notes for me as well. But yeah, thank you so much. Thanks so much for having me.